Welcome to Picks with the Professor, the show where a real statistics professor and his cousin and their friend gives you sports betting tips. I'm your host, Professor Sides. For the latest updates and information, you can follow me on Twitter at Professor Sides. You can follow my cousin Jared on Twitter at Cousin Jared. And you can follow my friend Jake on Twitter at my friend underscore Jake. This college episode covers the remaining games from week seven of the 2022 season. In case you're here, check out the webpage on the banner. It's right there. It's www.pickswitheprofessor.com slash new for a primer explanation. Pause if need be. Otherwise, the goals for this episode are to share key information about these games, give you a few things to think on, and explain why certain plays are being made. We never recommend blindly tailing or fading any pick, but rather to hear the justifications and thought processes to make sure you're fully on board with us or against us. For investing your hard-earned money i will make a pick on every game but you should take what you like and leave the rest remember that there are no locks in gambling so what i provide are loves likes and leans that is a b and c grade picks to indicate my confidence level with respect to scaling wagers both cousin jared and jake will also indicate their favorite plays by placing a second unit on them this season however please understand that good and bad variants will occur so as much as we'd like to say will be profitable each and every week that is an impossible reality for any gambler uh we just finished watching the Braves take game two. So at least Jake is on here happy. That's been kind of the running joke today was like what kind of mood Jake would be in uh, for the show, given his, his beloved Braves uh, playing right before we, we record here. Yeah, that was, that was terrifying there. Cause Wheeler was dominant up until the, he wasn't. And yeah. then thank the Lord. And Jansen didn't even make me nervous. Like he has been the last half <laughs> year. <laughs> like he can do this. <laughs> it was really nice. It's it's such a contrast having baseball and college football at the same time because in baseball you have that game like that where like that one inning just kind of things went wonky. And in football, like very rarely is it like one two-minute stretch. It's usually like when the game gets wonky, it's usually like a whole half. You know, it's a lot longer of a burn kind of. It's it's just a different setup. It's like jarring to have both on at the same time, I feel like, because it's just it's two okay. different worlds. Yeah, it really is. Um, all right, well, before we get to today's show, some reminders, please hit that like button if you're on YouTube. Also, if you aren't yet, please consider subscribing or following. It's free, and if you turn on notifications, you won't miss any of the college basketball, MLB, or college content that this channel provides. And as a reminder, we've got a Patreon page if you're looking to support the show and get extra benefits. Membership starts at just $3 per month. You get the play of the day for college football, so that's why you're here. You're going to get the play of the time slots. For Saturday, I think last week's what like four and one or something. You're gonna get Cousin Jared's Friday thoughts. You're gonna get every play that we make after the show on Patreon. So there's numbers we talk about waiting on numbers, we're looking for extra numbers. We're gonna put those on Patreon. Three bucks a month gets you a lot of goodies. And then there's higher tiers if you want more stuff than that. If you want to join that Discord, you just gotta pay the five bucks a month. That's where you get access to answering all the questions you want. It's like more of an immediate access thing. Um, we love answering questions over there. So it's the way to get a hold of us quickly. So a lot of good benefits on Patreon. Uh, otherwise, let's get to the games. All lines courtesy of Bet Online. Sign up link in the show description. And current as of the time of this recording on Wednesday night, all Saturday games this episode until potentially we get to the end and we loop back to other games. Uh, Noon Eastern, Old Dominion in Coastal Carolina. I don't have much to say about this one. Coastal Carolina is a 12-point favorite. It's a pretty well-priced line. I mean, at 14, you could talk me into that's too many points. At 10, you could talk me into lay the 10, the push protection on either one of those key numbers. Between 10 and 14, it's a lot tougher. Sideline says it should be 12.9. Uh, I'll, I'll lay the 12 with Coastal, but it's just a C-grade pick. It's not my most confident play. I think it's priced pretty well. Uh, total of 56 
Um, and neither one of these teams, both these teams have moments where you feel like they're exciting and you're interested in them, but they both have had some letdown moments too. So I'm not really sure what to make of either team yet, if they're actually going to realize their potential. Because uh, Jared, what's your take? Coastal has firmly established himself in that area where I – feel like they have too much talent to to not lay the points but at the same time they haven't kind of lived up to that billing this yeah. year and, and a couple so, a cu- just like it's like two of the games they have and the rest they haven't yeah and so to me like oh this seems like just too many points based on how coastal has played this year like this seems like a game that they win by nine or eleven or you know seven or, yeah. or something like that just kind of based on how the season's gone so but they but they should but they should win by 14 yes <laughs> right? they should yeah but we just haven't but, seen yeah that. So yeah. I feel like I would kind of lean towards taking the points just because um, it just kind of feels how feels like how Coastal's season has gone. Yeah, yeah, Jake. Yeah, I don't know enough about Old Dominion here to be confident in a pick, and I lean Coastal just because Grayson McCall is the better quarterback. And when you're splitting hairs on games, quarterbacks kind of are a great determining factor. And I'm not making a play because I I don't trust Coastal to beat down somebody they they typically just stay tight and i don't i don't like that especially when i'm needing two touchdowns to cover so i'm, I'm gonna skip this one all right at noon eastern auburn and ole miss uh ole miss is a 14 and a half point favorite you know uh, just me i'm wondering is lane kiffin sitting there going hey you're gonna light the hook with me we're gonna win my more than 14 now <laughs> is he, yeah is he thinking about that uh, yeah. sideline says this should be 17.3 uh, I'm going to lay it with Ole Miss. It, it's a B-grade pick. I just don't like the hook. That's really what keeps it from an A-grade play. I, I just, I do think Ole Miss is a much better team than Auburn, and it's one of those where it's like I, I love taking points in a conference game if you're getting the hooks like this, big numbers, but I just think these two teams are in different classes. Sideline has Ole Miss ranked seventh and Auburn 53rd, and I think that's kind of really the bottom line. Is Auburn is just very mediocre, but teams that are as good as I think – Ole Miss is can sometimes kick the crap out of teams that are in the middle of the road like that. So I'm going to lay the 14 and a half with Ole Miss B grade pick total of 55 and a half. Uh, Cause Jared, I'm really interested in your take on the total here. Cause I feel like, I feel like I'd go under, except I saw the end of that Ole Miss game last week, and I'm like, I don't know anymore based off of what we saw with that one. Don't worry, friends. I will I will address this. So, you know, I cannot pass up an Ole Miss under 55 and a half, so mm. I will officially be on, on the under 55 and okay. a half here. Uh, two comments on this. Number one, somehow we lost the the Auburn Georgia under last week, <sighs> which, which that game was just crazy, you know, 24 points or whatever through the first three quarters and then 21 points in five, the first five minutes of the fourth quarter uh, made absolutely no sense. Um, so, you know, again, sometimes you got to look at the process and not the outcome. Auburn right. is not a good team offensively. Um, the other thing that I would say is that I I've made five other underplays so far this week. Four of those have been two-unit plays. When I see an under that that I like, I feel pretty confident about it. I, I like to go a little heavier on it. Not in in, in this instance because I saw what yeah. Ole Miss did last week and Lane Kiffin, again, Lane Kiffin, the absolute worst, but also the absolute best. Yeah. And, and yeah. so i don't not sure if I could ever have a two-unit play on an Ole Miss under again after what I saw last well, week. Well, I think, so. I, think, I think if you did, it'd have to be in a situation where they weren't double digit favorites it'd have to be like in a tight yeah. game where it wasn't about running it wasn't about covering or running up anything it was you right. know I, I could see it in certain situations but not not favored by more than two touchdowns right yeah if there was any coach that knew the spread it's lane kiffin and played to it it would be lane kiffin 
I, I'm not saying he's gambling in the games. What I'm saying is he, he knows that number and he's like, okay, we're, we're covering. Like, yeah. But, you know, like if there was any coach out there that did that, it would be like, and, and bless him for that. <laughs> yes. Yes. All right, Jake, what's your, what's your take That's on this the essen- essential of my thing. Auburn is bad. Almost loves to put up points and take care and show no mercy on bad teams. And I think that's what they're going to do. He's going to pump up Jackson Dart a little bit. Um, I don't think they've got much. I can't remember who they have next week, but I don't think it's anybody of where they would pull their starters because I, th- I think this one gets nasty. Um, but – and that's mainly because Lane Kiffin just never takes his foot off the gas. Yeah, uh, it's it's at LSU next week. Oh, so maybe uh, maybe well, I don't know. I still think Lane Kiffin will know that's fourteen and a half. He'll get seventeen. He'll make sure he gets seventeen. I, I think it's worse than that personally. I, it to me, it feels more like a you know forty-two to ten kind of drubbing. One of those where it's like we're kind of reminded that the top of the SEC is pretty good. And the bottom of the SEC, the middle bottom of the SEC just isn't. It's not It's not got the depth and some of the strength that might have had in years past. Some of these teams like the Auburns and the Conference, not, not good enough to hang on the road. In, in Auburn, maybe a little bit of a story, but uh, I, don't, I just don't think they hang. I think it's, I think it's pretty ugly. Um, 2 p.m. Eastern, UConn at Ball State. I, I'm going to grab the nine with UConn. They're, they're playing hard. Um, yeah. They're improved. They're improved. Um, sidelines has so like Jim Jim Morris, all sort breaking all sorts of streaks. The first time they've like won back to back games in years and beat FBS opponents in years. So you know they're they're ranked, yeah, they're ranked one twenty one. So I mean, this is the first time they've been out of the bottom ten in I don't know, certainly the high, certainly the high water mark since we've been yes. doing this show. <laughs> yes, definitely the high water mark. Uh, Ball State's ranked one fourteenth. I mean, we, we talked about like. We were we've been a little bit high on Ball State, but I think it's also just relative to the expectations. Like they're still a very bad football team. Um, winning by more than a touchdown against the, against a UConn team that I is is playing hard and really fighting. And that's the thing is, I can see Ball State being up late, but I feel like UConn's going for that back door. I think UConn's got a chance to hang in. There's just a lot of ways I think we can we can cover a number like nine. It's a B grade pick for me. I, I feel like the most likely outcome here is ball state wins by six or seven um, total of 47 and a half. So we're expecting a relatively low scoring game here. Um, B grade pick for me on UConn, not an A grade play just because I, for an A grade play, I'd really want double digits. And also I'd really want, I don't know, to feel like I was backing a more competent football team as, as, as improved yeah. as UConn is. Yeah. They're still a bad football team. It's still yeah. hard to be that confident backing such a bad football team. Because, uh, Jared, what is your take? I feel like you had an excellent analysis there because this is two bad teams. Um, for that reason, I feel like it's UConn or pass because when you got two bad teams, you might as well take the the, the points. But I'm going to wait on 10 because nine is just a gross number with, again, yeah. we talk about how – much uh, UConn has improved, but they're still a, a, a bad still, team. They're still, and, yeah. And so if this gets to 10, sure, I'll take UConn at 10. But if it's at nine, it's just kind of like, oh, that's kind of a gross number with two gross teams. <laughs> Jake? I'm just happy I finally was on the right side of the Ball State game last week. I'll take that. Um, but here I'm going to play the over. Uh, like Central Michigan is, what, nine points better according to the sideline than uh, UConn and like they kind of held Ball State's passing attack down, but gave up 124 on the ground to Carson Steele. I don't think UConn's going to be able to do that. Ball State doesn't have a great defense by any stretch. 
And with this sitting at 47 and a half, I think this one gets in the 50s because I think it'll be a tight game. Um, I lean to taking UConn on the side, but I'm waiting on 10 uh, just because I like that better. And I could very easily see this like 20 to 30 kind of game or something around there where we get right around 50. Jake bringing the Mac takes even if it's only one Mac team involved, I love it. Uh, we got to yeah. do a better job playing next week and, and bring, have more Mac for our yeah. episode three. Uh, 2 p.m. Eastern, California at Colorado. Colorado's really bad. I, we've talked about that. I, I mean, you're not you're not hearing anything new here. They're down to 124th. I oh, mean, God. I, I, I did not think it was possible to see a Power 5 team in the bottom 10 once we got Kansas and Vanderbilt out, I was like, okay, that's it. Yeah. Um, that was not it. Now, Colorado, welcome to the bottom 10. Uh, California's ranked 73rd. They're nothing special. They're just decent. Um, we've seen a lot of decent teams kick the crap out of Colorado this year. Yeah. I think that's what happens here. I'm going to lay the 14 and a half. It's an A-grade play. I hate the hook, but this feels more like it should be like 20 rather than 14 and a half. So at that point, I'm not really that concerned about it. Uh, I, I debated giving this to B grade and then just saying, I'm going to wait, but it's stuck at 14 and a half all week. Who is going to back Colorado enough to drive this to 14? What like, it, it, and, and I've talked about this, right? Like a lot of times when the books move a number, it's because someone that they were, they, they have a handful of people they really respect that they really think that they're making smart moves. And it's like, Who's going to come up with a smart play on Colorado here that, that some book's going to be like, oh, yeah, we got to move this down to 14 now. Like, they're yeah. probably going to look and be like, no, the guy's just drunk right now. Like, it, <laughs> it, I mean, I'm not saying Colorado can't cover. I'm just saying feeling confident backing them at this point just feels crazy. So, yeah, I'm just going to lay the 14 and a half. I just don't see 14 happening. And rather than say B grade pick and I'm waiting on the A grade, I'm just going to say, I just, I love California here mainly because I hate Colorado here. Nothing against Colorado. Yeah. It's a great place. I've always enjoyed my time there, but as a football program, <laughs> they are terrible. And it feels like they're just getting worse this year instead of getting better. I have more optimism for some of these other bottom 10 teams that I feel like are getting better, have hope, yeah. have something. I don't see any of that with Colorado. So no. um, obviously none of us will be seeing this game because it's on the Pac-12 network, but that's probably for the best. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. It deserves that. Yeah. Uh, to roll 48 and a half. <laughs> Cousin Jared, what do you have? Well, two things. I, I think I would agree with you there because I was going to say that it's definitely either Cal or pass because what's what's the point of back in Colorado? We have not seen anything that would that would make us think they could cover that number. Uh, this total, though, feels a little high to me. Uh, I, I mean, uh, I, I don't. I don't know who's going to score very many points in this game. I know Colorado is bad, but I feel like you know you could easily see Cal scoring. You know. 38 points and, and you know, maybe uh, Colorado getting to 10, maybe, and then 10, you end yeah. up at 48. So, um, you know, and I don't even know if Cal will get to 38. So the under 48 and a half here definitely has some appeal as well. That's a good point. When you look at the Cal Washington state game, there were 37 points in that one, the Cal UNLV game, there were 34 points in that one, the Cal USC game, there were 38 points in that the only games that Cal's gotten higher on have been UCLA and Arizona, which are, or sorry, UCLA. Mm -hmm. That's looking at last year. Never mind. Uh, what about I think you know, Arizona? Yeah. Did Notre Dame not get above fifty? Okay. Uh, Notre Dame had forty-one in it. Forty-one. Oh, I feel like Notre Dame wasn't really fair to bring into this discussion because Notre Dame is not like <laughs> either one of these teams. <laughs> um, yeah. So I don't really feel like that was a fair comparison. But well, and it's an interesting point. They're looking at. Yeah, looking at, at California, the the, the question is if, if California is going to ever have an offensive explosion, it's got to be this week, right? 
But I, I still think Colorado's defense may be better than like Arizona's, though. Man, yeah. so Arizona's defense is really, really bad. So it is. So, you know, TBD. It is. I, I, I think I'm going to play that under 48 and a half. You talked me into it right here. I, I like that. Okay. that just looking at the scores, that makes a lot of sense. So, yeah, I'll go under yeah. 48 and a half here. Uh, Jake, what, what do you got for us? Uh, Colorado's bad. They're in auto fade territory. They've yet to play a two score game this year. Um, so, right now, I'm honestly just I fade them at all points if it's under two if it's around two scores because I mean when I say they've yet to play a two score game I'm, I didn't do the math but I don't think they've played a three score game if you include field goal um, like I don't think they've even played a seventeen as a difference I think it's been closer to twenty every time and I don't think stop in here let the record show that I think Colorado has held TCU to their lowest scoring total in a half this season I believe. <laughs> And, and then they switch quarterbacks. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's, how yeah, bad, that's how bad everybody's Colorado. I was like, ah, if you can't score on them, you're not getting the starting job anymore. Yeah, Colorado's closest game was 23. Uh, even that opening week against TCU where the first half was close, they still lost by 25. So they've, yeah, they've not, not even, even played a three-score game unless you count two-point conversions, which are, it's almost got like extra scores because they're not that easy, you know? Right. Um so, Jake, are, are you laying the 14 half with, Cal- yes, with California? Yes, sorry. Sorry if that, yeah, like I said, they're auto fade right now. If I see a two score thing, I am fading Colorado at all. Yep. All right. Uh, to a game we all are more interested in 330 Eastern, Alabama at Tennessee. It sounds like Bryce Young is going to play. I've got Alabama ranked second and Tennessee ranked fifth. So, I mean, this is a heavyweight matchup here. Uh, one that should definitely find your TV screen somehow. The sideline says Alabama minus 6.4. I'm going to take the seven with Tennessee and give it a B grade. I think that that seven is very possible. I think six is very possible. I think overtime is very possible. I think tight game late. Somebody wins by a field goal is very possible. I think there's just a lot of ways. This is tight. I could be wrong, but I am taking the stance that Alabama this year is just not at that top, top tier level. They are still good, but they are not, amazingly good there are it's like every other year ish and sometimes it's back to back but it's like more or less you go to the last like i don't know 14 years it seems like i I don't know exactly what number and like seven of them alabama has been like this is the type of game that alabama would still go on the road when by 20 and we'd all be like wow and now i don't feel like this is that alabama team i their defense has shown some cracks their offense has shown some cracks it's like they don't have that just dominant unit at this point yeah. and they may get there i just right now i just do not a couple of those years here recently their offense has just been unstoppable and their defense has been very good and then you go back before that and their offense wasn't as good but their defense was like you couldn't do a dang thing against them and this year i'm like i just i, I think both units are very good but i just don't think they're so good that i'm confident that they can buy more than a touchdown at the fifth best team according to my model on the road that's just a really tall task so i'm gonna take the seven points B grade pick with Tennessee total 65 cousin Jared. What is your insight? I feel like if Alabama wants to win this game, they need to get out ahead early and try to take the crowd out of it because the longer that Tennessee stays in this game, the more difficult I think it's going to be down the stretch for, for Alabama. I, I cannot, like I, 
I'm really excited about this game because I think that Tennessee obviously has has the horses to to hang in there with with Alabama. You know, there's very few teams that you feel like can can go, you know, shot for shot with Alabama offensively and really hang in there with them. And Tennessee is definitely one of those teams. And I was impressed with what I saw from Tennessee last week against LSU. So, um, man, this is a tough one to pick. I think I would also take the points with Tennessee at home. Uh, a touchdown is just a lot in a game where you know that, that Tennessee is going to fight until the very bitter end. And so, you know, if, if there's, you know, 30 seconds left in the game, you know, Heupel's going to score a touchdown if, if they're down by 14 or, or something like that. So um, I think I would take the, the seven points, but but I'm excited to hear what Jake has to say about that. This because I, I, I feel like he's going to have the most insight of anyone I, here. I'm excited to hear Jake's emotion on this because because uh, Jared and I are excited for this game. Jake, what are your feelings about this game okay I'm, I'm just going to give you my plays first and then i'll go into it i'm, I'm taking okay. tennessee with a seven and I, man i wanted to go heavy on that but i really want to see i want to see what that number does when bryce young gets it i think he plays i want to mm-hmm. see what that number does because i think it goes up when he gets yep. announced he's playing but if he doesn't i wanted to go ahead and lock it in and before it drops if he doesn't play uh, and then i'm also taking the under uh, i don't mm-hmm. i think bama is going to do everything they can to avoid a shootout here because the receiving core, I mean, as good as Bryce Young is, I'm not trying to take anything away from him, but the receiving core is not what it was in the last couple of years, the last yeah, handful yeah. of years. They, yeah. There's nobody that you're worried about just burning you deep. They can take the slants and take them to the house, but there's no, like, you're not worried about somebody just burning you down the field anymore. Um, so a lot of this depends on uh, Bryce Young's health. I mean, Hooker is playing out of his mind. Really, since this game last year, he made one of his few mistakes ever. It seems like in a Tennessee uniform uh, against this Bama team. And that game was tight. Everybody forgets, like, you look at the final uh, final score and it wasn't. But until about 12 minutes left, that game was tight. That's when we threw – Hooker threw his interception. Bama scores. We turn over and down. Bama scores. uh, We turn it over again, and then Bama scores, and they pull away late. Um, Because it was a seven-point game up until then. And that was with – much what I think is a much worse Tennessee team last year, uh, especially defensively. Uh, there's a chance Cedric, Cedric Tillman comes back. Like he got that same surgery Tua had um, with a high ankle sprain. I forget what they call it for to come back for this game. So he's going to be extra motivated. Yeah, in him in with the way Brew McCoy's playing. Tennessee offense is nasty, nasty, nasty right now, uh, and. I was just looking at the stats. Like Tennessee works seventh in yards per game, or like passing yards a game. Bama's defense ranks eighth, uh, like in allow and allowing it. To like uh, Alabama is second in the nation for rushing yards a game, but Tennessee is uh, seventh and only allowing at ninety about ninety yards a game. So it's it's really opposite styles going to play here. And what's the saying? Styles make fights. Mm-hmm. And I just I'm in a game where I think it's going to be that close. Seven points is crazy, is crazy. And, I mean, the Bama defense doesn't scare you that much. If you look at the Texas game, which is a similar quality offense when yours is at the quarterback, I mean, he was dominating. He, he was just picking them apart, slicing the dice. And I think uh, Hooker could do the same thing, especially with the space they play. And Tennessee's defense has improved. I know we gave up – if you look at the final stats, they gave up 300 yards to uh, Daniels and made Anthony Richardson look like a Heisman performer. But – that was on 45 passes for Daniels, and they only allowed 55 total rushing yards to LSU. And if Bama and Jameer Gibbs doesn't get the running game going, Tennessee has a decent chance to win this game. I'm very excited for it. I can't wait to light up my victory cigar on them. Uh, but I'm taking the points in the under. 
So, so excited too. I'm surprised. I, I, I was expecting a different word there, but you know, uh, I mean, <laughs> we'll, just, we'll, just, we'll be excited, I guess. Uh, well, you know, there's, there's a lot of things I would love to say, but it doesn't help for YouTube. <laughs> All right, 3.30 Eastern, uh, Texas State at Troy. Uh, wow. Uh, Texas State, I mean, sometimes, like, playing okay, apparently, beats Appalachian State. Uh, yeah, one of the most, yeah, one of the most shocking results of last weekend, for sure. Yeah. yeah uh, uh, I took the points with Texas State, but I did not expect them to win like that. I mean, nope. that was – Nope. I, I, thought, I thought you were crazy after you took the points yeah. with Texas State the week before against maybe like James Madison or somebody. And I was mm-hmm. like, Something what are like you thinking? And they got blown out. And then I thought you were making the same mistake again. And look, they won outright. So what do I know? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> not not any more than I do, to be honest, or any less <laughs> or whatever. Um, but uh, – and Troy's also a really good team. Uh, I, I, my, I, I'm taking the points again with Texas State. I just think it's too many. The Texas State team's climbed out. Uh, outside of the uh, of the triple digits, they're they're up to ninety eighth. Uh, only Texas State grade. is up to ninety eighth. Up to ninety eighth. Wow. Wow. Uh, here's here's the issue, and why it's only a C grade pick. A, it's sixteen. I'd rather have seventeen. But more than that, it's some really tough opponents back to back to back. And I, I'm just I'm nervous that if that was all they had last week, that big win. Now it, you know, what's going down now, now the, now the thing is they've got three wins. So, I mean, they are lying bull eligibility here halfway yeah. through the season, need three more. So I, I don't think it'll be an effort thing, but it's just tough when you play a bunch of good teams in a row. So I, I think it's too many points. I think it's too many points for a total of 46 and a half. Troy, obviously yeah. a fantastic defense, uh, but uh, you know, an offense that can be shut down a little bit. So I'm going to take the points. I think it's too many points, but I'm not that confident in it because I'm a little bit nervous about, just a string of opponents that Texas State is playing against. So, see, great pick for me, backing the Bobcats here again at plus 16. Cousin Jared, what is your take? The thing that I feel most confident about in this game is Troy's defense and certainly a letdown spot for, for Texas State. But like you mentioned, that's a lot of points in, in a game that only has a total of 46 and a half. So uh, my recommendation on this game would be an underplay. Uh, but we've already mentioned a couple times this week that 46 is just kind of a gross number. So um, wait, I, I don't think there's any way this would get to 48. But even if it gets to 47, there's more value than 46 and a half uh, playing the under. If it goes to 47, great, play the under there. If you don't like that, you know, it's basically the same thing as playing it like under 45, under 45 and a half. So uh, if you like the under in this situation, no reason to play it right now. Wait it out. Maybe you get 47. Uh, but I think the under is probably the safest play in this game. Team total for Texas State, 14 and a half. I mean, I, I would probably say under when you look at what Troy's done to comparable teams this season. They've just do, kind of squashed them. Do you like that or the under 46 and a half better? Um. I would probably still take the under 46 and a half. Okay. It just give, gives you more, more, it, the game can play out a few different ways and you can yes, still get the more under 46 and a half. Yeah. Yeah. A, a, a random pick six or something doesn't just completely kill yes. the under 46 and a half, but it could yes. really kill the under 14 and a half. Exactly. Uh, all right, Jake, what, what is your take for us? I'm very mad at Texas state. I had a heavy parlay where I just took a bunch of heavy favorites to win you know, just to add, and they they killed me. So I'm passing on this because I can't separate my logic from my anger at Texas State. So we're passing. 
Fair enough. Uh, 3.30 Eastern. I swear, every time I see this game, I'm like, mm, Ohio State and Michigan. It's Ohio and Western Michigan. Uh, a lot less exciting. <laughs> yeah, not quite. Uh, one of these teams is ranked 118th, and one of them is ranked 119th. Uh, they're basically the same team. Give me the home team at a pick em. I don't understand why Western Michigan isn't like a two-and-a-half-point favorite. That's what I'd make them. Sideline says 2.4. Um I don't know. <laughs> Maybe Jake can give us some good back analysis. I think both yeah. these teams are not very good. So, like I said, just give me the home team and a pick them with that. That's my analysis. Uh, total 58 and a half. Cousin Jared, what do you have for us? I think I would agree. I think I would take Western Michigan because I feel like the thing I'm most confident about in this game is Ohio's defense is terrible. And, and so I, I just have faith that Western Michigan can find a way to score at least one more, one more point than Ohio does. <laughs> Jake. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm playing the over, and I'm taking Ohio to be a little different. I I think Ohio has a better offense, and that's where the difference is. I don't think Western Michigan's defense is enough to get in their way. Um, like I said, Ohio loves to score points. They just gave up 34 to Akron, and that's impressive. That's impressive. A depressive? Um, I, I don't know. <laughs> and it's like Ron Burgundy. You ate the whole wheel of cheese? I'm not mad. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, <laughs> I mean, they've yet to allow under 30 points, and that that I mean. <laughs> If, if, that, if that the even game plays out like I think it will, 30, 30 to 31 will be a victory for me either way. Um, yeah. So I get the over. I, I, it's just – it's crazy. And Western Michigan has shown the ability to score um, on teams of their talent level. They put up 37 on Ball State, 44 on New Hampshire. I don't know if you count that, and 23 on Eastern Michigan. Um, so they, they'll be able to score a little bit because Ohio's defense is real bad. Um, but they also allow a lot of points besides New Hampshire. Um <laughs> like everyone they've played has scored 30 points besides New Hampshire. And I'm not even sure if New Hampshire had a real football team. They might've been playing sevens. Uh, but <laughs> you know, I, so I feel like the over at under 60 is a no brainer here. So I'm hitting that one. And I just think Ohio makes a few less mistakes. Um, Rort is going to slice and dice. He's got a little over 800 yards and zero interceptions and four TDs in their, just their last two games. Um, so I think that's enough. But like I said, when you're splitting hairs, I lean towards a better quarterback, and I think he is. Okay. That. I feel like if, if someone can give us the uh, the action stats for Jake and let us know if he's doing good on the Mac or not, we'll know whether to – how to feel about that but i i you got my attention uh, i feel like because you're talking about the under 55 where he's like you've got my table like over 58 and a half like you've got my attention like that's, a, that's like a nice gone down as the week goes and i can't find any reason that it would and so yeah. unless i'm just totally misreading this game i don't see why it wouldn't go to yeah. 60 it, it's a it's a very nice number to go over so i'm yeah. i i it has my attention it's one i'm like i'm gonna have to look at it i didn't even think about the total of this game at all so i'll, I'll have to look at that one uh, given given that the number is so enticing. Yeah, speaking uh, of totals. Speaking of totals, yeah, this one, like, if this game, okay, because uh, before we get into this, if this game, losing to Tech North Texas, if this game was happening week one, would this total have been, like, 55? I mean, I've... I, I would say maybe maybe 58, 58? Um, just okay. just because I think Sonny Cumbie has a lot of, you right. know, right. he can, you know, he carries a lot of, uh, I don't know what's the word I'm looking for, but, you know, people expect his offenses to, to yeah. do well. Um, but yeah, it's definitely gone up a whole lot since then. Gone up a whole lot. North Texas, like, completely changing their identity and just be like, we're going to score points and our defense is terrible, apparently. Um, yeah. A total of 68, one of the highest ones of the week, just, and climbing throughout the week here. Uh, North Texas is six and a half point favorites. 
this to me is two fairly bad teams in a shootout type game. Uh, I'd really love seven, uh, getting seven with Louisiana Tech, but it just kind of feels like one of those last team that has the ball wins. And in that situation, I uh, give me the six and a half points uh, with La Tech as a B grade pick. Something says 5.4. Like I said, seven is much more exciting than six and a half, but even six and a half, there's a lot of ways you can buy six, especially if it does end up in overtime. If it ends up, you know, uh, you know, 31, 31 or something going into overtime, 34, 34, 35, 35, all those type of things. We're looking pretty good with that. So it, it's just like a shootout type game. I, I'm not sure who stops anybody in this one. Um, okay. Both, both these teams are scoring points and both of them are giving up points. Um, I'm not officially playing the over yet. I want to hear what you guys have to say about it, but it feels no different than I went over some large numbers last week and like four games. I think I won three of the four. It feels like one of those, I know it's a large number, but it's not like it's that 73 ridiculous number. It feels like anything south of 70, south of 69 here feels like an overplay. Am I, cousin Joe, am I crazy there? No, I, the game that this reminds me of is the UNLV uh, North, North Texas game earlier yes. this season where I played the under and then doubled down on the under and, and lost because it was. And just, that was like over by halftime, if I remember correctly. Yeah, exactly. It, was, it wasn't even close. Yeah, it was like five minutes into the third quarter and they got by the over. Yeah, Louisiana Tech gave up, gave up 31 to UTEP. They gave up 38 to South Alabama, 48 to Clemson. Uh, and then 52 to Missouri. So, yeah, definitely uh, a lot of points can be scored in this one. Uh, I, I think, I mean, same way. I, I would probably take the six and a half points. Um, I would even say maybe like a, something on the money line for uh, La Tech mm. here because, you know. It's it's that same thing, right? It's one of the last team scores. Like, why not take plus 200? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, when you're past a key number like six, you're always going to take the points. But, uh, you know, I think if you want to di- diversify a little bit, maybe a little bit on, on the money line for for wouldn't be a bad idea. I would definitely be on on the over in this situation. I just don't see how you can rationally look at how these teams have played and, and said that you know you can, uh, the under is a good bet here. Yeah, Jake. Yeah, I don't really have an official play yet, but I would lean Louisiana Tech maybe a little bit on the money line, just like Jared said. And and the over seems to be a lot here. Um, this I just like this is probably about as high as I play the over. Um, the I just don't like when you can when you have to have seventy points, and so that. This is getting a real thin margin there. So, but I mean, I don't see how this one stays under 68 or under 75, really. But yeah. Yeah. I, I uh, just looking back through some of the scores of North Texas in that first game against UTEP, uh, they didn't really score much against SMU. But then once you got past that UNLV game, which had 85 points in it against Memphis, <laughs> uh, that game had that game had 78. And against Florida Atlantic, that game had 73. In Florida Atlantic, uh, last year was an under team. Like they went yeah. under in like nine of their twelve games or eight of their twelve games or something. So that that's that's saying something. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go over. Official pick for me here is over sixty eight. I, I just think too many points. There's no. Yeah. I, or there's just too many points scored in this game. There's just. I I, I I'm like you, Jake. I I, I would lean over seventy five. I would not play over seventy five. Yeah. But if you said the total was seventy five, I'd be like, I probably still would rather just have the over. Because when you look at some of these games where there's been 73 points or whatever against for, for North Texas against a weaker offense, like it's gonna, it's I feel like there's just fireworks in this one. It should be a fun game. Um, so be great pick for me on La Tech plus six and a half and then over 68 as well. Uh, speaking of Florida Atlantic, uh, they're at three and a half point favorites at home against Rice. Asylum just does not believe in Rice. I don't know. Um, Silence says it should be six. Uh, Florida Atlantic minus six and a half. I'll lay the three and a half. It's a B grade pick. I'm going to trust the model in this one. Uh, Florida Atlantic ranked 93rd 
uh, also seems a little bit surprising. I'm going to trust that it's seeing something that I'm not because I'm not sure six and a half makes a lot of sense. But I also don't see... I just I still don't really believe in rice either, and so I don't like the hook here. But I think this the most likely outcomes here are six and seven. So I'm probably the three and a half for Atlantic. Uh, be great pick total fifty six and a half. Cousin uh, Joe, what do you think? Man, that fifty six and a half is kind of seeming appealing for for the under. I think because I think both of these teams want to, well, especially Rice want to to run the ball. So I think you can get a lot of clock running in this situation and. I think I would probably lean towards laying the three and a half points uh, with Rice playing on the road. I, I feel like I would be a little more concerned about an overplay if he, or about an underplay if if Rice were playing at home in, in Houston. I feel like they kind of play a little bit better at home, but going on the road, I'd probably lay the points. I don't trust Rice on the road necessarily. A lot of their good games they played they, this season have been they at home. left Houston one time this season. Yeah, yeah, and, and so they played, they played all home games, and then they played a road game at Houston, just down the street. Yeah, so you know, I, I think I would lean towards laying the points as well, but I think my my favorite thing here might be uh, the under fifty six and a half. Uh, this is one that like it seems like I don't know why this would be above fifty five, and so that's kind of where my head's at. Yeah, Florida Atlantic had one impressive game against Purdue, which they came up just short. Uh, Rice had one game, impressive game against UAB, where they won. Uh, I'd like this play more, too, if this was the week after Rice beat UAB, but they had a bye week after that. So uh, they have at least had plenty of time to finish celebrating that victory. So I, I'm kinda, I feel like laying the points is the right move, but I also just, like you said, like Rice plays well on the road, I guess. They haven't done yep. it as much this year. But yep. uh, the, the combination of that extra week off and the hook, the hook is just, frustrating yeah. obviously yeah. uh jake what is your take yeah i'm on the opposite end here i'm i'm taking it i'm taking the points because of the hook i, I think that mm. was a big deal plus the extra week um i mean your biggest fear here is mcmahon giving the ball away he had three interceptions against uh of his six against louisiana and i think the other three were against usc i don't really count that against him um but i mean they played well against uab like you said they gave houston everything they wanted and more i think they keep this close they love to run the ball they just put up 300 on the ground i know it's against the lowly north texas defense but there's still 300 on the ground um so i think i think the under is probably a very smart play because they're going to want the ball on the ground as long as they're not breaking off 15 60 yard runs i think we'll be okay with the under but i'm i'm taking the points here with rice yeah, and I think part of the reason Sideline just doesn't believe in Rice is uh, it's probably not digging them too much for that USC game. Um, mm -hmm. They played McNeese State, which is a whatever. Um, Houston being such a disappointment, the fact that Rice hung in that game, the model's basically being like, eh, Houston's not that great. Uh, then they beat Louisiana, but also Louisiana doesn't look that great. So it's the model's just having a hard time coming around because the teams that it's done well against are teams that have also been disappointing mm -hmm. so far, but all this can change, you know, one week where Houston looks good, Louisiana looks good. Right. And all of a sudden now it's like, Oh, those wins look a little bit better. So rice is a team that I definitely feel like could swing a lot in the ratings on any given week because those, those games matter. But it's just if they look less disappointing, then you got to give them more credit for them. And right now, it's kind of like I, I don't really know how much credit to give them because I'm so I have such question marks about them. You know? Yeah. This is far from my favorite play. It's just when I saw yeah. the hook because I think this is a tight game. I was like, I'll, I'll take it with the hook. 
All right. What should be a tight game here, Saturday night, 7 p.m. Eastern, LSU at Florida. Uh, maybe y'all can explain this line to me. I, I am well aware that LSU did not look great last week against Tennessee. Um, part of that is we talked about hats off to Tennessee. Like they're a really good team. Noon start. We worried about the fans being involved. It was like the eighth noon kickoff, like ever in Baton Rouge or some crazy stat like that. Um, it'll be a Nike in Florida crowd will be riled up, but uh, I, if, how, why is Florida good? I mean, I, I'm just, I'm not convinced. Uh, Sideline says LSU is the 22nd best team right now. So, decent not great but florida's 45th and I, I kind of agreed that at least to some extent lsu is the better team y you flip some of that for home field and it's like this should be basically a pick on why florida is a two and a half point favorite blows my mind rather than taking two and a half points i'm going to take the money line at plus 118 according to my math it's actually a slightly stronger edge of the money line rather than taking the two and a half at the current prices but it's all kind of rounding here it's all about personal preference if you think you might end up in a weird triple overtime thing or weird a bunch of field goals maybe you take the two and a half i'm gonna take the money line at plus 118 it's an a grade pick sideline says lsu should be a four point road favorite one of the biggest edges on the board this week this just confuses me i i i don't think honestly either team is that great but i still think i still trust lsu more than i trust florida totals 52 cousin jared what is your take on this one i feel like sideline's been a little high on lsu this season uh but even if you you knock them down just just a tad obviously like you said it, it's still quite a big edge on lsu the other thing yeah. in my mind that gives lsu the edge in this spot is the quarterback play just because i trust daniels way more than i i, I trust richardson at, at this point richardson all the you know talent in the world uh, and, yeah. and daniels hasn't been anything just to, to write home about but he's just been more solid more consistent you know i feel like he's pretty dependable game to game what you're going to get with richardson it's just kind of like man you could get an amazing game but you could also also get a real clunker and there's been more more clunkers than than amazing games um so i think i would lean towards uh, taking the points with with lsu uh just because you know weird game like this uh, i right, let me back up this seems like a game that could get weird yeah. and so um you know i think two having two and a half points would, would make you feel a little better the other thing i would say is the 52 seems a little high yeah. and I know that, you know, if you look at the projection systems, every game has this projecting to go over the, the 52 number, but I just don't know how you could have watched either of these teams the past handful of weeks and come away with the impression that this game could go over 52. So um, I, if I had to pick one or the other, I think I'd go, I like under 52 better than I, I like taking the points with LSU, but I think they're both um, solid plays if anybody's leaning in that direction. Jake. Yeah. I'm kind of I'm gonna put a unit on with the points because I think this game can get weird, and I'd also like to put it on uh, LSU to win it because lights aren't gonna be bright here, so we're getting Anthony bad Anthony Richardson. He only shows up <laughs> when lights are bright, um, and I mean it's the same thing I said last week, and that's why I took Missouri. Hey, we got the Missouri cover, even though Missouri did everything they could to. Oh give my it gosh, away. yeah. I mean, Florida is not very good against the run. Uh, they rank around 117th for rushing. I mean, you've got. Daniels, Goodwin, and Kane that are all around five yards of carry. Uh, and, and I don't count the interception Tennessee had against Daniels. Like, that was desperation, throw it up kind of deal. So I still think he shouldn't really be – I wish there was a way to count those stats out at zero interceptions on the year because, I mean, whatever. Your biggest fear here is not the players, is Brian Kelly doing weird <laughs> nonsense. And he, let's hope that was the pressure Tennessee's offense puts on the coach to make him make weird decisions. But – Lord, that was 
terrible. I, uh, I I have to think so, and I think you don't have that same thing here at Florida because yeah. it's not the same. You know, you know, you're overmatched when you go up against Tennessee. You know, they're at minimum a top ten team. Uh, no one's thinking Florida's a top ten team, so I, I have to assume it was that, right? One of those got to do something crazy to, you know, try to <laughs> get you know, like go for it. Ten and getting the sack, so that way Tennessee yeah. gets the points because that offense yeah. needed more points. Um, yeah, <laughs> so I, I don't know. I mean, Anthony Richardson had sixty-six passing yards against Missouri. Like, what are you doing? Florida's offense didn't even break three hundred on as a total. I, I just don't see a way they're going to stay in this game. So I think LSU's got it. And I think the under's a smart play because LSU's not a flashy offense, even though they've probably got the talent to do it with neighbors and Boutte and Daniels and the running backs, but they just don't seem to do it. But oh, I'm, I'm all over LSU for this one. Maybe on the under, maybe. I, I think I'm going to officially recommend the under 52. Looking at the scores of these games, the, the only way I think you can talk yourself into over 52 is you look back at that first game, Florida, Utah, 29, 26, as that's 55 points, but that was, uh, both teams having all offseason to prepare. That was the best game that Richardson's had yeah, yeah, um, by far. By far. And I, the only way you can talk yourself into going over is some sort of thing like that happens. And that's, I, I just, that seems like best case scenario. There's just so many ways this goes under. It's not a lock, right? There's no locks in gambling, but it's one of those where it's like, you know, it feels like most of the time this game plays out lower scoring than that. Obviously, you may have overtime that throws it off too, right? That's obviously. A, a possibility, but um, has LSU it, had one that went over this number against normal competition? Uh, I don't. I was just looking at theirs. I don't think so either. They're all, all of theirs have been lower scoring. Like even um, the Florida State was twenty four twenty three. That's yep. forty seven. So yep, yeah, they've been low scoring too. Yeah, I think thirty one sixteen. Yeah, I, yeah, this feels like a total that should be more like forty five rather than fifty two. Um, the the last thing I want to say about this game is talk about. You know, Richardson could have the the all or nothing type game, which is part of why I like, or sorry, part of why I love LSU in the spot is if Richardson plays poorly, LSU is going to win this game. If Richardson plays well, LSU might hang around in this game, and you still haven't lost it. It's going to be tougher to win, but it's not over yet because the rest of that Florida team can still struggle, as you saw against Missouri. Like every part of that, I mean, Florida's outgained in that game. I mean, every unit was struggling with Florida um, there, so it's one of those that. Even if he has a good game, it's not over. And if he has a bad game, you feel great about LSU's chances in this one. So, um, a great play for me on LSU. And like I said, I, I, that under 52 is an official play for me as well. Uh, 7 p.m. Eastern Arkansas State at Southern Miss. The sideline says Southern Miss by six. I'm going to like the four and a half C grade pick. I, I don't I don't like this number at all. It's a dead number. It's a horrible number. It's on the wrong side of your key numbers. Uh, I, I think six and seven are more likely than any than three or four, but it's like splitting hairs here. So I just don't think this is really a good number to invest in. Uh, both of these teams, I think, on the up. Both these teams kind of impressing me uh, from from our expectations from the start of the year. Uh, I've, I've liked what I've seen from both of them. I think they're moving in the right direction. Um, which makes it tougher because either if it wasn't for that, if one was moving in the right direction or wrong direction, you could say, hey, if that continues, you know that sort of thing. But as it is. Uh, 
I think it's a pretty well-priced game. Uh, I'll lean Southern Miss minus four and a half, but uh, otherwise not my strongest investment. Total 55, Cousin Jared, what do you got for us? You dear viewers, I know what you're thinking. It's a key number 55, and it involves Arkansas State, so Cousin Jared is playing the over. Uh, but but I've got, I've got news for you. Um, there is only a handful of teams in FBS where I would not just blindly play the over in this situation. Um, most of those teams uh, reside in the Big Ten West, uh, but one one of the other teams is, is yeah yeah and, and then some of the other teams are Troy for example and, yeah. and then Southern Miss is the other team where I would just not recommend an overplay here because um, the thing is is that Southern Miss is going to score some points in this game Arkansas State is going to score uh, much less points in, in this game so I could definitely see this game being like. 34 to 14 and ending up at like a total of 48 or, or, or something like that. So um, my buy point on Southern Miss here uh, is three and a half. So if this got down to three and a half, I, I would uh, be on Southern Miss at that point, just because again, Arkansas State defense is, is really bad, but Southern Miss, I just don't think is going to give up that many points. And, and so, you know, I think laying the points with, with Southern Miss is, is the best angle in this one. All right, Jake. Yeah. I think Jared's reading from my notes. Um, like, <laughs> Because I wanted, I wanted, I wanted Southern Miss at three and a half, and I said I want to play the over, but I don't think that's in the game plan for Southern Miss. So nope. right now I'm passing on this game. I want the three and a half. I'm not going to play the over because I just don't think that's what Southern Miss wants at all, and I don't think Arkansas State is going to be able to control the game to make it go over. This was three and a half all week, and then it got to four and a half today uh the, the perils of splitting the games throughout the week uh we could have yeah. had three and a half and i i saw three and a half. i was getting greedy i saw three and a half and i passed i was like maybe we can get three and then i went to four and a half and i was like well that really backfired <laughs> yeah and, and, and just let the record show if anybody has any question about whether you should just blindly bet arkansas state uh overs they played in a game last week where there were zero points in the first quarter and it still flew over the total there were 62 points combined in the game so i'm telling you people that arkansas state over is one of for the most part, most weeks, one of the easiest places there is. It's such an this one. I, I think it's a game that probably none of us will be watching unless you have like friends or family there. You know, you went there, whatever. But like, mm -hmm. it will be a very interesting clash of styles. And oh yeah, yeah. I I don't know what to make of that. I don't know which one's going to dominate that. But it, if this gets into a more of a track meet, more of a defensive minded game, like you could see some really weird things happening in this game because. It, it's either going to be a game that neither team wants to play or a game that one team really doesn't want to play. And it's someone's going to be uncomfortable, maybe both of them. Uh, so it should make for an interesting game. It's kind of unfortunate. This isn't one of the Friday night games that we can kind of focus on because I think that the clash of styles will be really interesting to watch here. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I would, like in basketball, you always say that it's, it's much harder to speed a team up than it is to slow right. them down. And I'm not sure the same works in football because you can hit the 75 yard pass and now, Holy crap, now the other team has to score. So. Well, it, it's all about, and I don't want to spend too much long on this, but but it is to me it's all about the slower defensive-minded team having those long drives. We talk about the service academies. We talk about with old school Kansas State used to do this a lot. Uh, Iowa State as well as a Big Ten fan. I'm, I'm thinking about those, but. To me, if Southern Miss has long, slow drives, it keeps Arkansas State on the offense on the sideline, keeps their defense out there, gets them tired, they're going to be able to control it. But the problem is it flips really quick because if they aren't able to have those drives like that, then it flips and it plays to Arkansas State's favor. And so it's not it's not like basketball. It's a very different, like, there's actually a contingency versus a just, like, this is the style. And we can, in basketball, you can force the one team to do the other thing. 
um, just based off what you do. It doesn't matter if you're successful; you can still force the issue. In football, you can't you can't force it unless you're getting first downs, <laughs> right? So, uh, I think it'll be a fascinating game. Uh, even though, I, like I said, I probably won't watch much of it. Uh, also at 7 p.m. Eastern, UL Monroe at South Alabama. Look, to me, an, another game that I think is priced pretty well. I'll play the 17 with South Alabama. Sideline says 18. I'm still not a believer in UL Monroe. Uh, South Alabama is ranked 62nd. I mean, they're a pretty good team. You worry about motivation to blow teams out in conference when they're, you know, I think clearly the class of the West division there. Um but I mean, they're just a much better team at home. It's just, do they have any motivation to win this game by 20 is the, the question I have. Um, so not a confident pick, but I'll lay the 17. Uh, a total of 51. Cousin Jared, what is your take? Wake me up whenever South Alabama and Troy play each other. Yeah. That's, because that, that's what I'm waiting for with, with this division. Uh, you know, who, who knows about this game? I forget yeah. Troy. Yeah, Troy and South Alabama. Those are the top two. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. And actually, uh, uh, actually, next week. So look ahead. Next spot. week, yeah. Ooh. Look ahead spot for South Alabama here uh, with Troy on. Uh, yeah, Troy on tap next week. That game's going to be on uh, ESPNU next week. Can't wait to break that one down. Uh, let's 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 go ahead and highlight that one. Troy and South Alabama next week. That's going to be a fun one to talk about. I have I have no thoughts on this game. Yeah, yeah. It's if South Alabama wants to, they'll win by 20, 24, 28. Yeah. But yeah, do they yeah. want to? Look ahead spot is definitely a question. Yeah, uh, Jake, what's your take? Yeah, I'm, I'm on South Alabama here and, and the over. Uh, I think UL Monroe was bad. Yeah. Um, I've been on the South Alabama train all year. I mean, UL Monroe in their last three has given up 17, 45, and 28 to much worse offenses than South Alabama. Uh, their only loss was UCLA, and then the only time they scored less than 30 this year was at Louisiana. And Louisiana, that's, I feel like that was just a weird game. Bad. It was. Bad it was a weird, ugly slog of a game that I don't know why I had it on my iPad. That was, it was terrible. Yeah, that was, that was rough. Um, yeah. but, I mean, South Alabama's had their bye week this past week. They've had all sorts of time to prepare. I think they're going to come out and put this one away. But did they spend their whole bye week prepping for Troy? Yeah. <laughs> they probably did. If they were smart, they did. Uh, but I think they tried to put this one away early and, get up by 30 so and so i like it at 17 don't want to go above 20 i like the over because i think south alabama puts up a pretty good number here my hunch go for it i was gonna say i just don't know if i can ever bet the over in a ul monroe game again after what happened with them in coastal carolina last week going 25 minutes of game time with with no score uh when there have been like 49 points up to that point was just something i had never seen before yeah just something to throw out there, viewer. If you liked what Jake said, I like what he said there too. I think that uh, they are much more likely to go out there and try to put it away early. Uh, first half line is nine and a half in a lot of places right now, and it's ten at with minus one hundred five everywhere where that it's ten that I see at the current moment. So you're either getting good juice on the ten, or you only have to lay nine and a half on that first half spread. Uh, I think can make a lot of sense there if, if you like what Jake said, and probably a better way to play it than than the full game. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I like that a lot. Yeah. Uh, 730 Eastern, Mississippi State at Kentucky. Uh, Levis has been announced he will play, so I have updated uh, the sheet, removing the partial penalty I had given Kentucky. It was kind of a will he play, will he not? So it's giving kind of a half penalty. Seems like he will be back. Seems like a lot of the guys who are going to be out are going to be back, not all of them. Um Gosh, these two teams, like, I, I, I think 
we're going to learn something from this game, but I don't know what, because Mississippi State, ranked 10th right now in the model, has had some moments where you feel like they might accidentally be a top 10 team. But they've had moments where I feel like they kind of just get in their own way and they feel like they don't deserve to be in a New Year's Six game. Uh, Kentucky has had moments where that defense, if their offense can just be competent, uh, which it hasn't been, their defense can be really good. It struggled last week, right? But it, they've had moments where you feel like, you know, they're a really good team. And they have moments where you're like, you know, this team shouldn't win seven games. So I, I don't really know what to make of either one of these teams. I'm going to take the four with Kentucky as a B-grade pick. I like them at home, night game, a little bit of a bounce back spot from last week, a little bit of a we got some guys healthy spot, a little bit of a take the frustrations from last week, a little bit of a good week of practice after getting kind of embarrassed, to be honest, last week. So I'm that good week of practice helps them out. They can hang in this game. Total's 49. It's a low-scoring game. So, you know, could easily be a field goal game. So give me the four points with Kentucky. I think Mississippi State is definitely the better team, and I still think they should be favored, but I think they should be favored more like by three than by four. So I think there's a little bit of value here. Taking the four with Kentucky, um, it's tough to win a conference road game by more than a field goal against a good team. It doesn't mean they can't do it. It's just tough. And so I'm going to take the four with Kentucky. Uh, but full acknowledgement, the variance with Kentucky, variance with Mississippi State I think is a little high. Variance with Kentucky I feel like is through the roof. So they could come out there and win this game by 14, and I would be like, yeah, I've seen that Kentucky team. And they could lose by 20, and I'd be like, yeah, I've seen that Kentucky team. So a lot of variance in this spot, in my opinion. Because, uh, Jared, what do you have for us here? Man, this is a, a big, big game for my, my season total under eight for, for Kentucky. Uh, you know, got the, got the loss last week to South Carolina, uh, you know, lost to Ole Miss before that. Still got Tennessee on the schedule. They still got Georgia on the schedule. And, and so if I want to feel good about going under eight, not pushing, I, I think I, I need a Kentucky loss here. Um, you have to assume Tennessee and Georgia are just losses at this point, right? You you would think so. Um, you know, it, close your ears, Jake. But if if Tennessee just gets thumped by Alabama, is that yeah. going to ruin the rest of their season? Which which I don't think they will, but I'm just saying if they do, right. is that going to throw off the rest right. of their season? It's oh, a rough spot there. for Tennessee going from Bama to Kentucky. Because like, I think yeah. that, that one's on the road, if I'm not Yeah, it, it, uh, No, they're playing at home. It, it, oh. it's, it's at Neyland. Um, but I think my analysis of this game, I would just be doubling down on kind of what I've thought all season, that I think Ole, uh, Mississippi State is a pretty good, solid football team, and Kentucky just has some, some holes. But like you said, four, four points is a lot on the road in the SEC. So I think I would either say that if this got down to three, I would probably lay the three points with Mississippi State, or maybe – what I even like more, if it got down to three, I would probably eye the money line and maybe mm. it would be like minus 160 or something like that. I, I, I think I would feel a lot better about the money line than I would laying the three points. Um, but if this gets to three, I'll kind of start analyzing things, uh, you know, maybe throw something in the discord, see if I can get the professor to tell me what has more value, a money line play at minus 160. I can run, I can run the three. math for you. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so, um, you know, that, that's kind of what I'm looking for. I, I just, I, I feel like I'm, this game, I'm kind of doubling down on what I've thought all, all season for, on both these teams. Right now, the money line for Mississippi State's minus 180. Um, you mentioned that about the three, and I completely agree. Sidelines has three and a half, and it, I feel very much about this game uh, like I did with uh, 
the LSU Tennessee game last week and I was, I grabbed a four with LSU. Then it got to three. Then I laid the three and I thought, Hey, three or four is kind of likely. And of course it didn't turn out at all, but it's, I mean, three, if you're going to take a small middle three and four is the middle to go for. Um, And I feel the same way here. Like at four, I'm taking Kentucky at three. I'm taking Mississippi state. The difference in probability between three and four is large. I mean, there's a lot of weight there. So I completely agree. If it was, I don't think it'll get to three, but if it was a three, I'd lay the three Mississippi state. for sure. Yeah. And the only thing that gives me, uh, you know, pause or hope that that might happen is that, like you said, they announced Levis is coming back. And so maybe you get some money on Kentucky later in in the week. I I don't think it's going to happen, but, but it could. Yeah, and if it does, I will add. I will do the same thing with Tennessee. I will lay the three and just and again hope hope that you get one of those two and you win one push one yeah. nothing else and you basically break even because yeah. I think three or four are extremely likely outcomes in this game, uh, especially with yeah. a low total. Uh, Jake, what is your what are your thoughts for us? Yeah, I'm on the opposite end here. I, I'm taking Mississippi State. I think they're getting a little disrespected by everybody. Um, nobody's not enough talk is going about Will Rogers here. He's having just a outrageous year. I mean, 2,100 yards set the record for SEC completions for a career already. Um, hitting at 72%, 22 touchdowns, the three interceptions. I mean, the numbers are outrageous. Uh, he's got four receivers averaging over 10 yards a catch, and only one of them has a catch for over 40 yards. So that means almost every catch they're going for is 10, 12, 15 yards. It's ridiculous. They've got a running back who takes advantage of the the attention not being paid to him because they're worried about throwing the ball. He's averaging six yards a carry. I don't, man, I really don't think Kentucky's defense is as good as what we thought it was coming in. We thought they were going to be able to lean on that defense and have Levis not screw things up, but that, that doesn't seem that's going to go. I mean, Mississippi State is not has only put under scored under forty twice this year. One was thirty nine at Arizona, so I don't know how if you really count that. And the, the other was the terrible game that. They had at LSU where they put up 16 the rest of the time. And, 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 it, and it was it was one half. It, literally, if you take out that one half they played at LSU, I mean, Mississippi State has played out, outstanding the entire season outside of that one half. Yeah. And I, let the record let the record state. I've got Mississippi State ranked 10th. I don't feel like I'm disrespecting them. Oh no, I, I'm I'm saying like from a national. But my but my point is, I think it's hard. To, that's why I built the model because even with him ranked 10th going on the road, I still think it should only be minus three and a half. Like that's the thing is it's like, I feel like I'm, I'm giving them the respect and I still feel like four is too high of a number. You know what I mean? Like that's where, that's what I just want to say. Like it's maybe I'm giving too much respect to Kentucky. I think it would be the case you could make that, yeah. uh, you know, sideline has them at 28th and maybe you could say Kentucky's not a top 30 team. I think that's maybe more of the angle, but I, I feel like it's just, it's hard being favored on the road by more than a field goal like that's just tough if you play a competent team and i think that's maybe the case jake that you that you make is that you don't think it's like he's that competent no i i I don't i don't think they are that competent at the moment and i mean mystery states they sure did look at last week (laughs) i mean well even even at full strength northern illinois gave them everything they wanted that was a look head spot spot. yeah but i mean it's northern illinois they're not they're bad yeah yeah so I, I'm, I mean, Mississippi State gave up 14 to Bowling Green, so I think the over is a really good play here too. And I'm also making that play because, like I said, Mississippi State just loves will score points like crazy, and I don't think it's going to take much to get to 50 here. And so I'm I'm taking both those. I'm taking Mississippi State and the over. All right. Uh, 7.30 Eastern, Nebraska and Kentucky, uh, Nebraska and Purdue. Purdue's a 13 and a half point favorite. I'm going to lay it with them. 
Uh, I know that Nebraska won that game against Rutgers by a point. Their postgame win expectancy was really low. Um, I'm not buying into Nebraska being competent at all. I think Purdue is a solid team at home. I think they can trounce Nebraska. Uh, I wish this was on the other side of 13 because 13 happens on occasion as a final score. And so it's a B grade pick at 13 and a half. It would be an A grade pick at 13. Sideline says it should be 15. Uh, but like I said, I just have a lot of faith. I have faith that Purdue is decent, and I have faith that Nebraska is still terrible. Uh, total is 56 and a half. Cousin Jared, what do you got? All right, I'm not breaking down Nebraska here. I'm giving everybody my three-team, six-and-a-half-point <laughs> Big Ten West parlay for the week. Right. So what we're going to do is we're going to have the Wisconsin-Michigan State under 56-and-a-half. We're going to uh, tease – I said parlay, excuse me, teaser, excuse me. I, I, I don't know where my head was at. I, I was thinking about the professor's parlay of the day that, that's free on the website that everybody has access to. That's what I was thinking about there. So my, my three-team, six-and-a-half-point teaser here. So I've got Wisconsin-Michigan State under 56-and-a-half. I'm going to uh, tease Illinois up to 13. And then I personally am going to tease Nebraska up to 20 points just because I feel like a Big Ten West getting 20 points in, in a game where, I, you know, I think Nebraska can score in garbage time. So I'm going to take all 20 points in, in a Big Ten West game. That is my three-team, six-and-a-half-point teaser for the Big Ten West. I have no words. <laughs> <laughs> How do you follow that up, Jake? <laughs> well, I'm going to say, point out that Purdue is like, what, 15 seconds away from being undefeated on the year? Yeah. And, I mean, the, and then the one game that was close, their quarterback wasn't playing – yeah. I don't think Nebraska gets in the way of Aiden O'Connell. They'll win this by two TDs and not really think twice about it. So you're laying the 13 and a half as well? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, 7.30 Eastern. Uh, we're close with two strong ones here. I like the last two games you're talking about. Stanford and Notre Dame. Stanford is getting 17 points. This line opened up more in the 14, 14 and a half range. It keeps climbing up 17. I think it's a great spot to buy into this one on Stanford. I think Stanford, Stanford is competent. I think it, they're very similar to Cal. They're competent uh, against a Notre Dame team that's also solid, but just not good enough to lay this many points against. Um, a sideline says this should be 15.7. So in the in that 15-ish range is a lot tougher. But when you get to 17, like I said, I think that's a great point to enter the market. It's a B-grade pick for me on the Cardinal. Uh, total of 53 uh, and a half. And I'm going to go under as well. I just think this is a lower scoring game that lends itself to also Stanford hanging in there. Uh, Notre Dame, you know, playing a physical game last week against BYU. I just think this is a, a sleepy defensive slugfest, um, you know, 24 to 17 type game, which I think is the exact score they actually they played against Cal. Um, maybe it's a tiny bit higher score, maybe it's 27-20, right? But I think Stanford can hang in there, not get embarrassed. Uh, low scoring game under that 53 and a half as well. Uh, Cousin Jared, what do you got? I'm definitely leaning taking the 17 points with Stanford as well uh, because – I feel like we've seen Stanford has been really good in garbage time, uh, especially the, the first handful of games of, of the season. Uh, you, they're not going to let up and, and they're going to you know, score a couple of points, even if the game's out of reach. The thing is, is I don't know if Notre Dame's uh, offense is good enough to really put this game too far out of reach. So yeah. I can definitely see a scenario where, you know, Notre Dame's up, you know, 20 points or 17 points with, you know, seven minutes left in the game and Stanford goes down and scores a touchdown or something and they get the cover. So uh, if I had to pick a side, I think I would definitely take the points with Stanford just because I can see the back door being wide open in this game. 
Absolutely, Jake. Yeah, I'm I'm loving Stanford with the 17. I was real nervous about like I wanted to take them when it opened up around like 13, 14, but now that's up to 17. I'm I'm loving them. Notre Dame has exactly zero wins of more than 13 points on the year. Uh, you know their their defense was supposed to be elite. I'm not sure it's elite. They're giving up an average of 23 on the year and only scoring 26. So I think this game ends up close because wow. uh, part of that was Ohio State. Yes, yeah. but Ohio State didn't beat them that bad. That's true. Remember, it was like tw- they only put up 21. And so the, I think, if I remember correctly, uh, but I mean, they're on a losing streak, and they, like Jerry pointed out, they are really good at making the score look closer than the game was. Uh, like you know, what they put up the two fourth quarter scores on USC made that game mm-hmm. at like 18 or so uh, when it was nowhere near that. And I think we see there's a good chance for that. There's a good chance this one's tight throughout. I, I just don't see Notre Dame being able to put this away by more than 17. So I'll take the 17. Yeah. All right. Then finishing us out midnight Eastern an Island special for you. I'm going to take the six and a half points with Hawaii. It's a B grade pick. It's an A grade pick for me on Hawaii. I'm just holding back a unit, hoping it gets to seven. Seven is a fantastic play. It's been going up. I, I think people are disrespecting Hawaii. If you look at the season long metrics, Hawaii ranks absolutely terrible, but lately they've been much more competent and they've actually been a much uh, less terrible team. Uh, Nevada, on the other hand, looked just dreadful last week. And I, I, I just have much more optimism with Hawaii. I like the fact that they play better at home. I was really impressed by what they did against San Diego State. Uh, I, I've seen more Hawaii football than I care to because they play late and it, it finds its way on my screen. Uh, but what I saw against San Diego State um, – partially was the opponent, but partially it was just the, the plays, the routes, the where the defenders were. It just looked like football, whereas there were times before that where I wasn't sure it was football. I mean, that's just the bottom line. They looked atrocious the first few weeks, and they've actually been competent since then. So at home, I just don't trust Nevada to do anything useful, even against a bad team uh, traveling out there like this. Uh, I love Hawaii in this spot. I'm just holding back a unit just in case it gets to seven. But as long as it stays six or six and a half, it will get a third unit for me later on in the week. And the total is 49 and a half. I'm going under that 49 and a half as well. I would play this down to 48. This this game feels just like the Nevada-Colorado State game that happened last week that was like, 17 14 or 2017 or whatever it was i think it's the exact same sort of game i don't think either offense is going to have a lot of success uh i, I think again an, a late night game where you could put you to sleep for sure i just think it's way too many points i think it's gonna be low scoring give me the points i love hawaii in the spot i think again hawaii i like what i'm seeing they're moving in the right direction nevada i'm not sure that's the case uh because jared what is your take i think that's great an analysis on that because I feel like Nevada has just gone off the the, the deep end this year. So yeah. they, they won and covered against New Mexico State first game of the season. They won and covered Very, with Texas. with with a with a plus nine turnover rate in those two games combined. Yeah, yeah, like covered at home against Texas State, uh, and then lost by two touchdowns to Incarnate Word. Gave up twenty seven points to Iowa, which you know losing to Iowa, no shame in that. But giving up twenty seven yeah, points, to Iowa, that was the problem. Yeah, that's, that's not very good. Uh, lost by twenty eight to, to Air Force, which 
Coach, maybe you feel a little bit differently about that Air Force loss after yeah. Air Force went out and lost to Utah State last week. And then that stinker at home against Colorado State, who has oh. just done absolutely nothing so far this season. I completely agree with you. We we didn't think that Nevada was going to be that great coming in this season, but I feel like they have gotten, if anything, worse from the beginning of the season. Whereas Hawaii, yeah. you just kind of consistently like see some things getting a little bit better. You, you can see things, you know, in sideline still having some trouble seeing it, but uh, you know, there still seem to do some things that are, are improving little by little. And so I, I definitely feel like six and a half points is way too many points for a game uh, on the islands, getting six and a half points with Hawaii. It just seems a, a little crazy with, with how bad this Nevada team has been playing. Yeah. And Hawaii went to the mainland and they got drubbed by New Mexico state, but the yards were about the same in that one. And mm-hmm. they hung in there at San Diego state. Yeah. Coming back home with how much better they play there. Yeah. You said yeah. optimism. Whereas ne- Nevada, we do both of these. These are actually the two biggest drop-offs that we were thinking coming into the season from last year, based off mm-hmm. of all the people that both of these schools lost. Um, and we saw it early on. It's just, I still think Nevada's continuing at that pathetic yeah. level of, yeah. They still look terrible, uh, but Hawaii. I'm like, I, I, I see some optimism. Yeah, this line, this line makes no sense uh, to me. Jake, what do you think? This isn't football I care about. Um, <laughs> you don't <laughs> care about Hawaii games on the island kicking off at midnight Eastern? No, no, not at all. Oh uh, I'm not ashamed of it. Okay, whoa, 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 whoa! If there was a basketball game that was tipping off at midnight, the 24 hours of basketball, you would be oh, all in on that. Oh yeah, yeah, because I love basketball. <laughs> Like I live and breathe basketball. Okay, I like it. I enjoy it, but I'm not. I've got other things to do in the night. Maybe I can look past this somewhere. <laughs> I feel like we're about to have our first on-air fight. <laughs> <laughs> but fun fact, I forgot to bring up when we we're talking about Purdue and Nebraska. Guess where Purdue's best receiver is from? I have his name. Nebraska. I have no idea. No. He he's from Iowa. He transferred from Iowa. What? Oh, what yeah, are they yeah. doing there? He's on pace for a hundred catches this year. Like, what, what, what kind of talent were they just not using in Iowa? I don't know. That's the most Iowa thing I've heard. Nepotism <laughs> is dangerous, people. Nepotism is dangerous. Agreed. Mm-hmm. So Clint, that's yeah. that's my analysis of the Hawaii Nevada game. I, I feel like uh, between, I feel like we just got off the rails here at the end. Um, <laughs> let's move on to the kill the clock offense. This is where we'll turn it over to Jake and let him make plays on the games that cousin Jared and I talked about in episodes one and two. Jake, the floor is yours. All right. So we're going to start with tomorrow night's game. I'm, I'm taking Baylor. Um, only thing I'm hesitant about here is they're coming off the tough game. Uh, and then West Virginia had a week off and then they're traveling to the east. West to east is never great. Well, they both, they both had last week off. Oh, Lord. Can't even read dates anymore. Um, yeah, so that's even that makes me feel a lot more confident. Uh, I I just when I made the West Virginia overpick, this wasn't a win. I counted. I was counting Hutton Kansas, so I think that's dead on my season totals. Um, Who would have thought that Kansas would throw throw everything off in your Big Twelve win totals? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I also I gave that out. I don't know. Yeah, you did. You did. I don't know. Maybe we got to screen grab that. That'll like live in infamy. Everyone talking about how much they love Kansas and no one playing it. Yes, yeah. Sure. Uh, i grabbing Buffalo uh, minus 17. UMass is rough. Um, Buffalo's going to look them over a little bit. So I'm also going to take the over here because I think they're going to come out slow. Um, UMass is going to get seven, 10 points and then Buffalo's just going to run away with it. Uh, and I think we get the over easy there. Um not sure who in their right mind thought Virginia Tech can keep this under a touchdown. Um, but 
I'm going to take Miami with the minus seven. Um, also going to grab Maryland. I think Indiana shot their shot last week in the first half, and unfortunately that's dead. So I'm going to take it at minus 11 and a half. Um, going to play the under in Central Michigan and Akron. Um, Central Michigan just doesn't like to score. They, they've not scored above 20 since playing Bucknell and Akron is improving, but Central Michigan's got a better defense than Ohio or Bowling Green, which isn't saying much, but I really don't see either team getting much past the 20s here, like the low 20s. Another hot Mac take from Jake, yep. so hopefully that works yeah. out. Uh, I'm going to take the over in Northern Illinois and Eastern Michigan. Uh, and another one! <laughs> <laughs> these teams just have yet – like Northern Illinois has yet to let in under 27 points. Um, I really like this earlier in the week, this – when it was much closer to 60 than I was at 66. So it's making me a little nervous now, but I still like it. Um, like the FBS teams that Northern always played, they've scored 30 or more while giving up 20 plus. Uh, and then Eastern Michigan is feast or famine. But I mean, the last few relatively similar competition, their defense has led in 49 and 50, but never less than 20. So I think we can, we can get to 66 or 67. I think it's fine, but, don't if it gets to 67 or 68, I'm not touching it with 66. I'll play it. Um, I'm gonna be opposite here. I'm taking James Madison. Man, they who would have thought they're gonna make this jump to D1 and just dominate? dominate. I mean, they're getting ranked in the top 25, which I mean, they're gathering respect. I mean, besides the Appalachian State game, they've beat everybody about 20 plus points. Whoever's in front of them, I know like we're not talking about great competition they're playing, but. They're just you can't you can only beat who you can who you're playing and they're just dominating everybody. Um, their running backs good. Their Cantio, their quarterback, he's got 1,300 yards and 15 touchdowns and one interceptions. They're not they don't make mistakes. Uh, Let the record show he was not a good quarterback at Colorado State last year. It's almost like Colorado State's coach last year needed to be let go of. And, and you know I really don't think any team should have hired him. And yeah, I was gonna say then. Then there's no other part to that story. <laughs> no, no, we're, we're stopping it there. <laughs> I mean, the defense is killing it too. They're plus five on turnovers, um, and ranking second in yards per game. Um, Georgia Southern, nothing impressive there. I, and I had this rant against the NCAA when we were talking about uh, Bellarmine for basketball. Why is it they're not bowl eligible? Like, there is no reason to not let them be. Like. I mean, they're talking about like you with the record they're going to have. They would be having a pretty decent bowl game, but they're not bowl eligible this year. And, and did Bellarmine win their conference championship game? Yeah, in basketball, which was, which was dumb on the conference standpoint for letting them play in a tournament. And, and James Madison may win their conference championship game. Well, no, I, I think they're actually not allowed to play in it. Uh, oh, I, I no, they can they can play in the conference championship game. Oh, nothing okay. happens. Oh, yeah. so dumb. It's it's, it's yeah. dumb all around, all the way around. Like with these rules, it's just dumb. I hate it. NCAA, I don't like at all. Anything. No, I, I was wrong. They are ineligible for a bowl, for their conference oh. championship. Okay. Well, at least that makes a little more sense than what happened with Bellarmine with, hey, you won the conference championship, and the second-place team doesn't get to go to the tournament. We're going to go to the guys that didn't even make it to the championship because they won the regular season. Different rant. Um, yeah. I'm going to take. I think right, right now it sounds like they're trying to. They have this year and next year they have to sit out, but they're trying to get that accelerated to be eligible next year. Basically, say like, look, y'all, we're clearly like worth it, like I've earned it, and so you should at least let us next year. Is the is the push right now? It should be allowed this year. Like, I, there's, there's no reason for that. If you're going down, that makes sense to sit out. But going right. up doesn't make sense to sit out. Um, I'm going to take Washington State. 
I just don't trust Oregon State to put them away. Since I'm getting the hook here, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna take it. I know it's risky because they let me down last couple times, but I'm just riding with it. I have zero faith in Oklahoma to keep me and my dog <laughs> scoring 30 points. So what are they going to do with Kansas? Uh, and the fact that it's at nine now really confuses me. I would love it even more at 10, but I'm going to take the nine. Um, I'm also going to grab Wisconsin. I think the offense has loosened up a little bit here. It was a little bit like the last game. It seemed like Mertz was a little more comfortable. I'm not sure if maybe that was like we've talked about uh, Narduzzi at Pittsburgh that uh, what's his face? Chris was just determined mm-hmm. to keep that game slow and stuff because it's not like Allen wasn't being used in the last game either. He still had over 100 yards and 20 plus carries, but Mertz looked a little more comfortable and Lord Michigan State's pass defense has got to be last. If and not. that's still it, that's still at seven and a half. Uh, when I looked at it earlier, when I blocked it in the best step, it was a seven and a half. Uh, so that that's my last play. I man, I'm I'm very confused at Michigan State. Wasn't uh, Tuck supposed to be a DB specialist? And this is the second year yeah. in a row they're going uh, that once again I could throw for 300 yards on them. This is just bad. For the for the record, you could not, but <laughs> challenge accepted. <laughs> challenge accepted. Let's put it together. I don't think anyone's gonna let you. Is the problem, Mike? <laughs> <laughs> I never used to full eligibility. I'm good. Um, yeah. <laughs> good to play. Not, maybe good, good is the wrong one. I am eligible to play. There you go. Exactly. Exactly. All right. Uh, cousin Jared, three nails and go home. What are your picks that you're adding to things we talked about earlier in the week? So I, I have no official plays to add, but just some things that, that I'm, I'm waiting for Illinois. want to get to plus seven, but I will be on Illinois regardless. If it's plus six and a half plus six. I'll be on Illinois uh, and want to get you UConn at, at plus 10. If UConn gets to getting 10 points, I'll, I'll be on that. Looking at a bunch of different under stuff, Colorado under 48 and a half, um, you know, LSU, Florida under Southern Miss late four. Rice, Florida Atlantic under Mississippi State, maybe land three. Uh, so a bunch of different things that I might be playing. Sign up on Patreon. You'll get access to my Friday thoughts. Uh, you know, always watch Twitter. I'll always announce when I make another play there. Anything I haven't played, I'll put into the Friday thoughts uh, column, and you can just kind of get my thoughts on some things that are still out there that I'm still thinking about. Uh, Temple team total under ten and a half. That's tomorrow night. Yeah, That's, it is tomorrow night. Watching this. That's like it's a few hours yeah. away for people watching this. Yeah, that would that would be today as you are watching this. And the problem is, I, I did go look at that one, and it's ten and a half. But the problem is, is that the juice has increased. It's now minus one sixteen on the other ten and a half, and I just don't want to lay my, uh, minus one sixteen on an hmm. under ten and a half. So I'm gonna pass on. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. This is my Michaela Moroni face. Um, <laughs> I've got two extra plays to add on um, things that I talked about liking from earlier in the week. One of them has reached a number that I wanted. One of them hasn't, but it's just never going to happen. I'm adding my third unit to two lane. It is up to minus 12. I, I think I said from the time it was an A grade play for me. I think they are going to destroy uh, South Florida. It was just about could it get down to 10? It's not. But I still think uh, under 13 is a great play on Tulane. And the other one is UNLV against Air Force has gotten up to 10. And so I'm going to take uh, those 10 points as my third unit play on UNLV. Gets both of those up to A grade plays. Um, UNLV a, a little bit maybe disappointing of late, but also Air Force has been too. So when you got two teams that are disappointing, you got the home team getting 10 points 
And it's hard to say Air Force is that much better than UNLV in my book. So I love that one. Yeah. And, and the total on that, that uh, Tulane South Florida games up to 55. And, and so um, I think it was like 54 earlier this week, maybe when we talked about it, 55, know, maybe, maybe an underspot there. When you think about how one dimensional South Florida is and then what uh, Tulane did against Kansas state, you know, I'm just saying. I think I took the under on that, didn't I? At 54. So at 55, yeah, it's but, even better. Yeah. yeah, yeah. 55 is even better. Yeah. Yeah. All righty. Gentlemen, any parting words uh, before we get to week seven action? I can't believe Jake doesn't want want to watch noon Eastern or or, uh, noon Eastern at 12 a.m. Sunday morning college football game on the islands. I am just heartbroken and depressed right now. Too much fancy football. I've got to, I got to pay attention to, Mm. especially when they're playing in London, they're not a clock. I mean, that that is tough. I will admit that that is tough. A late night of college football, waking up for a London game. That is tough. I will give you that. All right. Well, uh, we already got a winner here on Wednesday night. Uh, Louisiana uh, not only covered the 10 and a half, but one by 10 and the under hits. So starting off the week, right? Hopefully we can continue that uh, throughout this weekend. Uh, Otherwise, that's all we've got for you. So thanks for tuning in to another episode of Pitch the Professor. Don't forget to subscribe so you can ensure all the sports betting content we provide on this channel is dropped right into your feed. Again, baseball playoff shows every day that there are games. So we'll see you again later on, as always. Best of luck, and remember, get your betting money, but please don't bet your eating money.